Good evening, everyone. Um, give us a few minutes as we try to make sure we're up and running. We're doing this from our home this time due to um, the library being closed early today. So, yeah, as you can tell, <laughs> as you can tell. So I guess we'll go ahead and just get started and try to make it through. Uh, hopefully we'll figure something out uh, better. Again, we're trying to make sure we get better and better each week. Uh, but before we go any further, I'll just ask if anyone who is able and will, will they bow their heads with us in a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you once again for just just keeping us in our right minds, just protecting us even today as we have so much uh, dangerous weather across the world. We thank you for how you've shielded us and protected us and brought us through um, late in the afternoon, Lord, and we pray that you continue to protect us. We pray so many blessings, Lord. There's so many people going through so many hardships out there, going through tough times, uh, perilous times, and Sometimes, Lord, it seems as if they don't know which way to turn. So, Lord, we pray for them that they would remember you in that darkest hour. So, Lord, we pray this and so many other blessings, Lord, for everyone out there, Lord, that at the end of the day that we all might be saved. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Do you have anything you want to say? Nope. Let's get into it. All right. So today's topic, we wanted to discuss the responsibilities and the role that the preacher is supposed to play. Because being members of a church, or even if you're not a member, a member of a church, even if you're considering it, you should know exactly what God is calling the preacher to do because if you don't know, you're quite frankly robbing yourself because God is calling the preacher and holding him to a high standard to be in a leadership role in the church. And so, like I said, if you're going to be in the church or if you're scouting a church, you should know what God wants the preacher to do for you. This is extremely beneficial to you because if I don't know what the preacher is supposed to be doing for me, he can get away with anything. Yep. <laughs> he can say anything. And who am I if I'm naive and if I haven't learned? And he can do exactly what he wants and I'll just believe it. But so it's important to know exactly what the preacher should be doing. So that's what we kind of want to bring to um, your attention today is just what exactly is his role? So in Jeremiah, the third chapter, and we're just going to read verse 15 in this in this book. Melvin, if you will. Jeremiah chapter three and verse 15. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with the knowledge and understanding. God now God said this is what he's going to give you the preacher for I will give you pastors according to mine heart 
which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. The preacher has to know something. The preacher needs to know what it is he's talking about. He has to have an understanding of what it is he's talking about. We don't, if God sent him here to help us understand scripture, he thus needs to understand himself. Plain, that's pretty simple. We wouldn't take a, a keyboarding class, a, a typewriting class, no matter what class it is. You wouldn't take that class if the teacher who's teaching doesn't even know the subject. <laughs> We'd be wasting our time. So the preacher is someone you should be able to question. Say, hey, man, I'm not really understanding this. Why does God exactly want us to do this? What is God talking about here? That's his job to look out for you. Uh, in one place, Paul said, the preacher is uh, there to watch for your soul. He's, he, he's watching out for you. So we're going to move to the book of Ezekiel, the second chapter. Uh, Ezekiel, the second chapter, and we're going to start with verse two, three, excuse me. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 3 And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me even unto this very day. Ezekiel is being sent by God. How shall they hear without a preacher? How can they preach except they be sent? God saying here to Ezekiel, I'm going to send you to the children of Israel. I'm going to send you there. So the preacher has to be God sent. Not somebody that father sent, mother sent, uh, uh, the schools chose and they sent. The preacher has to be God sent. So he's going to send the preacher to a rebellious nation. To people who have transgressed God's law. Now that's the one thing people don't want to talk about. That's the one thing that people don't want to hear. They don't want to hear. Man you're doing this wrong. God is saying. You need to get your act together. In one place Jesus said. Except you repent you shall all likewise perish. People don't want to hear that. So they're going to in turn. Fight the preacher. But that is his job. His job is to tell you where you go off track. God sent. <clears throat> God sent uh, Jonah down there to Nineveh to tell the people, look, y'all got 40 days to get your act together. And if not, God is going to destroy it. God gives the preacher a tough job because as soon as you go in there and say some things that people don't want to hear, they say it's off with your head. That's exactly what happened to uh, John the Baptist. He got in trouble with King Herod because the king was having a relationship with uh, his brother Philip's wife. And he confronted the king. He told the king, hey, man, you know that's wrong. You are sinning before God. The preacher took his head off. I mean, excuse me, the king took his head off. So the preacher, the, the true man, I'm talking about the true man of God, when he comes to you, he has to tell you the truth, but not only does he have to tell you the truth, he also has to do something, too. So I want to find out 
I want to bring to um, our attention what it is that the preacher has to do because we know everyone knows uh, the preacher talks about oh you shouldn't do this sin you shouldn't do that everybody know that but people don't truly know what all the preacher is supposed to do himself that's what we don't know mm-hmm. so let's move to Exodus the third chapter And we'll start at verse three. Maybe maybe I should skip some of this since we Well you got it now. We can we can go ahead and read this. Exodus the third chapter. Um and we'll let's actually start at verse four. So Moses here is meeting God on the backside of the mountain. Uh very popular story. Uh, so he's going to approach this burning bush. And verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. God's calling him. Many are called, few are chosen. God's calling him, but Moses has to equip himself before he is sent. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Had to get right in God's presence. Mm -hmm. Skip down to verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. God has been hearing the cries of the Israelites. And the Lord said, and I'm come down to deliver them out of the land, hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. God says, I hear their cry. I am coming down to deliver them. I am coming to do this. Now, jump down to verse 10. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. (laughs) So God said he's coming down first, and then he tells Moses, I'm going to send you. So we say, well, which one is it, God? Are you going to come and do it, or or are you going to send Moses to do it? Both. God operates through the preacher. The preacher is God's mouthpiece. Not that he need one. God don't need us to do anything. But that's how he has chosen to carry things out. Through the preacher. So if you can recall, it was Moses who went down there and told Pharaoh, look, God said, let his people go that they may serve him. Moses the preacher is God's mouthpiece. He he talks in the place for God. Now, don't get me wrong. God don't need any one of us. He don't need a single one of us. But that is how God chose to set things up. He used a person, a preacher, a man of God. He used a person to deliver his people. So it was Moses' job. And if you look at verse 8 again, God told Moses, He is going to deliver these people to the land, the land that flows 
with milk and honey. In the land, everything we could possibly want and need is there in the land. In the land. God said, in the land, you're going to have milk and honey. And, and I was telling them the other day at our uh, Tuesday Bible study, because we talked about this same thing. I was telling them how honey, man, there's so many uses for honey. Uh, and I don't even know if I even still have them all down in my phone. But I won't, I won't spend a lot of time looking at that. But honey can even be used on wounds. Now, I didn't even know that before I looked it up. I didn't even know you could use honey on, uh, especially like burns. There's so mu so many things in the land. We get the oil from the land. We get water from the land. I'm, I was, uh, they were telling me about a guy in the Delta. He he hit some type of spring underwater, un under the ground, and there was purified water there. And all the people come, came to test it out. You didn't you didn't have to do anything to it but bottle it up. It was pure water. Straight from the ground. In the Delta, Mississippi. So much stuff that we need comes from the ground. Imagine if you had a year supply of water. You didn't have to go to the store for it. You you didn't have to buy that bottle of water anymore. So much stuff that we need. Fuel comes from the land. Coal, coal comes from the land. We just barbecued not many days ago. That stuff comes from the land. Everything we need. Gold. Our money is backed by gold. Imagine if you just had the gold. <laughs> Imagine if you can go straight to the source and get the gold. It's in the land. Everything we need comes from the land. So God promised his children. He said, look, I'm going to stop you from going to work for Pharaoh and I'm going to get you your own stuff. You can work for yourself now. You can have your own stuff. Instead of working for him, all he's doing is feeding you every day at the same time. All he's doing is putting you in a little shack, in a little hut, whatever you're living in. He's putting you in that. Instead of that, how about I give you your own land? Look at what he said. He said, and to bring them up out of the land God was going to bring them up not take them back down they were going to come up this is the promise that God made them and how he was going to do it was through the hand of Moses Moses' job was to lead these people he was the person that God chose it's no different than today God is still choosing preachers Sending them here to deliver us from out of captivity into the land that flows with everything we could possibly need. Everything we could possibly need. God is still promising us this same thing. But as a society, people have deceived us. And now we all move to the city limits and we don't have no land. <laughs> <laughs> society has deceived us because they know where the wealth is food you grow it in the land people say well I like chicken I like fish I like beans I like greens ain't got no land though <laughs> you can't grow any of this stuff yourself 
So we just go and we buy it from grocery stores or and, and by all means, if that's what you want to do, do it. You we go and we buy processed stuff, stuff with all sorts of chemicals and stuff that's killing us, pulling our hair out and giving us cancers and various diseases because it's not natural because now everything is so mass produced they use all these chemicals and and uh, growth hormones just so they can produce the stuff the stuff so much faster god said look i'm gonna give you your own you won't even have to worry about it you can have a long prosperous life if you have the land if you allow a god sent preacher to deliver you to help you to understand God's will. Let's so he God's told Moses he was going to send him. Now let's move to the 15th chapter. So and we're not going to read it cuz we do have a a good deal of scriptures to go to. I'm going to try to skip around and skip some of them. So, uh, Exodus, the 15th chapter, and we'll start at verse 1. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. Yeah, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. So God has just delivered the children of Israel, Moses, out of the hand of Pharaoh. Uh, they've now crossed the Red Sea. Now, we know the miracle that took place there. Uh, the rod was used, and the Red Sea was parted by the hands of Moses so now we see these people sing they're happy this is a glorious time but they they have not yet made it to the promised land they are now about to enter they have entered into the wilderness in the middle of nowhere but God saying look I'm going to take you to this land though you just got to Continue in the process. Continue to trust me. So let's skip to chapter 16. Because we're going to see what's going to happen in the wilderness. So Egypt represents the world. God comes to save his people from the, the structure of society. God doesn't want his people to live in that same format. So he sends a preacher into the world to gather his people and bring them into the wilderness. The wilderness represents the church. So in the church, that's where the struggle is going to start. But notice, follow me, during the struggle is not the final step. That's not the final place. They were headed to a land that had everything they needed. But along the way, they found themselves in a few predicaments. And so we'll see one here uh, in chapter 16. We flip one chapter over and verse 2. We're going to see how they treated the preacher now. 
And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. <laughs> they murmured against the preacher. <laughs> God told, now God told Moses to do this. Moses didn't come up with this plan. God told Moses to do this. So, they get out here into the wilderness and we'll see that they didn't have any food to eat. They wanted some bread to eat. So, in the wilderness, the preacher had a struggle. He had a fight on his hand. Keep reading, Mel. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So they are now in the wilderness. They said, look, man, if God was going to bring us out here to die, he could have left us in Egypt. He could have left us in Egypt because we get out here and we ain't got nothing to eat, God. So they approach Moses. They're murmuring against Moses. They say, man, why, why Moses come out here? Why, why he even come and get us? We, he could have left us. It doesn't make sense. They're fighting against the preacher now. They're murmuring against the preacher. But this was not his plan. This was God's plan. So we see the fight starting here. Even really the fight had already started because Moses had to go down there and face Pharaoh. But we see now in the church, the fight continues. We see the fight continues. All right. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. Now look who God talks to. God talked to Moses, the preacher who he has sent to the people. This was Moses' concern. This was Moses' problem. If the people did not have something to eat, this was Moses' problem. God was going to deliver by the hands of Moses. God was going to tell Moses what needed to be done, how it needed to be done. Moses' job was to tell the people, and it was up to them to decide whether or not they were going to follow it. But this is the preacher's job. It is his job to make sure people are provided for. So if we say if the people in the church don't have food to eat, it's the preacher's job. He is really supposed to be taking care of the people. That's the reason God sent him. That is the reason God sent him. Any problem that is going on in the church, it is the preacher's job to make sure this problem has a resolution. To make sure this problem is solved. That's the preacher's job. But today... <laughs> I don't want to get on that. So God told Moses, he said, look, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven. See, it's incredible how fast we forget just what God told us. God had just told these people. He said, look, I'm going to bring y'all to a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to I'm going to deliver you people. And as soon as they got out there and got a little hungry, they said, man, shoot. God trying, to, <laughs> God trying to kill us. Moses in it too. <laughs> they all against us. 
they gotta just pro they, look at how many miracles God has already uh, performed thus far. He turned the Nile River into blood. He he has done so many things. He has parted the Red Sea. These people seen that with their own eyes. They seen it happen, and they still said. Man, I, I just don't understand why God brought us out here. So now they don't they they don't trust God and us today. We don't trust God and we definitely aren't going to trust the preacher that God sent us. <laughs> we definitely aren't going to trust him. So. Uh, then said the Lord unto Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. God is saying, look, I'm going to give them some bread. And now I remember in one place he told them only gather enough for today. Don't get enough for today, tomorrow, the next day, the rest of the week. Only get a certain amount because I'm going to show you. I'm going to provide stuff for you. God's trying to see if we're going to trust him, though. But they said, hold on, God. See, <laughs> see, what's different now is back in Egypt, we were getting our food at the same time every day. I knew I was going to eat in Egypt. But now that I've gotten over in the wilderness, over in the church, God, I just don't understand what you're trying to do. So <laughs> God said, God said, I'm going to show them, I'm going to prove them whether they're going to walk in my law or not. God already knew these people weren't going to do it. And he knows many of us that they aren't going to do it. But he's going to show you what you're going to do. Because it's easy for us to say, yeah, I trust God. Yeah, I believe him. And then he puts you in a situation and you turn around and say, your actions say, I don't trust God. No, sir. But it was the preacher's job to handle all these problems. They went straight to Moses. This is the man that came down there to get them. So now they're looking at him like, man, what you going to do, Moses? Go talk to God or something. <laughs> <laughs> something needs to be done here. So that is the job that the preacher has, though. Let's, uh, let's move over to the 17th chapter. We'll start at verse 1. So God rains down bread from heaven. <laughs> it is the preacher's job to feed people. I'm reminded of in the New Testament where the people had been with Jesus. I think the Bible said for three days, multitude of people, a lot of people following Jesus because he was healing them, doing so many miracles for them. <laughs> the preacher's job. So the disciples came to Jesus and said, man, these people, they want something to eat. They're hungry. He said, the disciples said, send them away. Jesus was training preachers. He was training preachers. They said, Jesus, send these people away so they can go buy victuals, so they can buy food, meat, stuff to eat. Send them away. Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. It's the preacher's job. Now, I'm not saying it's the preacher's job to wait hand and feet at your bed. When you say, turn the light on, he get up, turn the light on. When you say, come sit down, he sit down. <laughs> I'm not talking about a puppet. 
But I'm talking about somebody that God puts in charge to lead you to make sure everything you your everything you possibly need is met. That's the preacher's job. So Jesus told the, the disciples, he said, look, y'all feed them. They said, Jesus, we don't have enough to eat. He said, well, what do you have now? They told Jesus there's a little lad, a little boy here. All he has is two fish and five loaves of bread. Jesus said, bring it to me. He blessed it, gave it back to the twelve, and it was their job to feed the people. So we see when we line up with God, miracles happen. Things transpire that never would have happened had we obey God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. When we line up and follow his plan, man, miracles happen left and right. That's all. That's what happened in Moses' day, and it still happens today. Miracles, stuff that we said, man, I don't know how this happened. I can't even understand how this happened. But when we line up and follow God, that's what he does on a daily basis. It's, that's what God does. So he was training the disciples. He said, look, you take care of these people. That's your job. It's not your job just to sit around and tell them, uh, do this. You shouldn't be doing that all day. You shouldn't be doing this. Yes, that's a part of the job, but it's more than that. All that Jesus began to both do and teach, he did something for people. So it is the preacher's job to, to do stuff for people. To do stuff for us. To get in a position to where the people, <laughs> they won't lack anything. The book of Acts, it said, all that, were to, uh, all that were together, they had all things coming. There was none among them that lacked. They had all things. First seek ye the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Unto you, the Bible said, it's your, it's your father's good pleasure to give you these things. It's his pleasure. He wants to give you the stuff. But we have to get behind a preacher who is going to follow God's plan. We have to get behind. It is the preacher's job to lead. We might get there, uh, but Jesus told Peter, he said, feed my lambs. Feed them with knowledge and understanding, but also do something for them. Take care of them. That's what he was teaching them with the five loaves and the two fish. How to take care of his people. Not just to say, well, they got personal problems. Let me just send them home. <laughs> I did my job. I taught them for the day. No. If somebody come to you naked and destitute of daily food, and you just tell them, look, be warm. <laughs> be warm God's going to bless you he said look you didn't love them you didn't do nothing for these people you have to actually do for people in one place uh, Jesus said I was naked and you clothed me not hungry and you fed me not I was in prison and you did not visit me God is expecting the preacher to do something really is expecting all of us to do something but I'm on the preacher today he is expecting the preacher to do something for the people all that Jesus began to both do and teach 
And that's the position I'm trying to get myself into where I can actually help somebody. It's not enough. God says it's not enough just to sit around and talk. That's not enough. When the lawyer came tempting Jesus, asking him about the commandments, he told him, look, love God. Above all else, look, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So the man said, who is my neighbor, Jesus? <laughs> so he had to tell him about the man that fell among the thieves and how the priest walked right past him. The Levite walked right past him, but a good Samaritan, he showed compassion upon him. The good Samaritan loved him, did something for him. That's what he's calling the preacher to do. The preacher has to put himself in a position to do for the member. It is a sad thing for people to be in church, paying their tithes, giving in to all of these things, sowing seeds that people say now and ain't got nothing to show for it yet. Ain't got a single thing to show for it yet. The church. I'm not going to get into that. Let, let, let's move down to. Uh, Exodus 17 and verse 1. So we're still in the wilderness here. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Now they don't have no water. Now we know that's a problem. Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. Look who they went to. The preacher. The one that God sent to them, they approached Moses. They didn't have any bread. They approached Moses. They didn't have water. They approached Moses. The, the needs of the people was laid on the preacher. We can go to the book of Acts. And somebody might say, oh, this is the Old Testament. Go to the book of Acts and find out when the Grecians, there was a murmuring among the Grecians because they were being neglected. Of food the Hebrews were neglecting them of food so they said the preachers the 12 or the 11 at that time they set up a system they said look choose you out seven men full of the Holy Ghost of a good report an honest report we're gonna put them over this business so they can make sure all of y'all are taken care of that's the preachers job that's the beautiful thing about the gospel. God doesn't want anybody to lack. God doesn't want anybody to be struggling. There is no reason for me and Melvin to be in the same church. And I'm doing good and dandy. I'm fine. And Melvin's over here hungry every day. He, he don't know how he's going to survive. There is no reason why I should be a part of a church. I'm paying tithes and offering. <laughs> But my light bill, I don't know how I'm going to pay it every month. Every month, my light's getting cut off. I'm scuffing around, asking neighbors, asking family members. No, I should be going to the preacher and saying, look, how are we going to do this? I know God doesn't want me to live this way because he does not. How are we going to do this? Now, I'm not saying the preacher can just up and just hand you all kinds of money, but... God has made a way. God has set up a way for everybody to prosper. Because that's how God wants it. So they approach Moses. And they say, Moses, give us water. All right, Melvin. And Moses said unto them, why chide ye with me? 
Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? Moses said, why are you going to fight me on this? Why, why are y'all coming at me like this? Are you going to tempt God? <laughs> mm -hmm. And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? Uh, we right back here again. <laughs> Man, it, it does not matter how many times God gets us out of a situation. We still, we still come against the preacher. Now, I'm talking about the true preacher now. I'm talking about the true preacher. So they still come at Moses about this. Why? And they had a reason to come at him because it was his job. God put him over these people. Moses got so frustrated with these people at one point. He asked God, he said, look, did I, did I have all these people? Have I begotten them? Are they my children? <laughs> I mean, this is the responsibility, though, that God has put on the preacher to take care of these people. To lead them. And the preacher has the same job today. To lead you from Egypt to the promised land. Egypt represents the world. The wilderness represents the church. And the promised land represents heaven. It is the preacher's job to lead you from the place you are in today to the promised land. To heaven. Now somebody say, I don't need no preacher to lead me nowhere. <laughs> Alright friend, you have left God's plan and went on your own plan. And you're not going to make it very far with that mentality because God set it up this way. It's the way God set it up. Since the beginning, he's been sending us prophets, sending us preachers, sending us uh, God-sent ministers. It is God's plan. And there's no reason to fight God's plan because God wants to help you. The Bible says Moses was the meekest man on the earth. Look at the man that God sent to these people. A loving man. A man who was slow to anger. God sent Moses down there to help these people make it to the promised land. And that's the reason God sent us the preachers today. He said, how can they hear without a preacher? We need the preacher. To feed us with knowledge and understanding. To feed us with what thus saith the Lord. We need a preacher to break down these things to us. But not only that. But to take care of our daily needs. These people in the wilderness right now. They, they were not out there focusing on God. God had to bring us a Sabbath day. Nah. They, they were not in a position to focus on God. Why? Because they were focused on everything else. They were focused on, we don't have any food. Well, look at my clothes. Uh, look at my kids. Uh, our animals are going to die. They, were, they had so many other focuses, they could not focus on God. So, with a preacher helping to make our needs met, now you can focus on God. And that's what God sent him for. That's what God sent him for. To be the leader. Alright. And Moses cried unto the Lord saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. <laughs> uh, 
That's the struggle. The true man of God has to face. People want to kill him. Now, this man, Moses, he loved these people, though. He cared about them. And that's the people... That are the those are the people that want to kill you, the ones you care about the most. Why? Because you're gonna do whatever it takes to help them. You're going to tell them the truth. Paul said in one place, "Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth?" Why am I your enemy? Why do you want to fight the true preacher? Because he comes telling you the truth, telling you this is how God wants to do it. People say, no, nah, I, I don't believe God said that. No, sir. God didn't say nothing like that. <laughs> Moses said, these people want to stone me, God. They they almost, they going to stone me if I keep, we got to do something. <laughs> when people get hungry, people call it getting hangry. The hungrier people get, the more angry they get. The more they're willing to take it out on anybody. All right, in verse 5. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee, yeah, and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. When the preacher does what God says do, miracles transpire. Miracles take place. Now, we know I can go outside and get many rocks out of my yard. And I can hit them all day long with any rod I pick up, with a stick, with my hand. It does not matter. I'm not going to make water come out of there. But with God, the true preacher. See, this is what happens when we have a God-sent preacher. He performs miracles through his hands. God told Moses, hit the rock. Moses hit the rock in front of the people. Water shot from the rock. The people, God gave the people bread. He gave them water. In one place, he's going to give them uh, meat, quail. He brought quail to the camp. God's done so many miracles. The people didn't know how God was going to do it. But through the preacher, Every time they needed something, look who went to God for them on their behalf. The preacher. The one that God was communicating with. The one that God was actively talking to. The God-sent preacher. It was his job to go and talk to God for the people on their behalf. His job to take care of them. Well, we got verse 7. Uh, I'm going to leave here. And I think I want to move to the 32nd chapter. Yeah, I'm going to move to the 32nd chapter and verse 31. 30, verse 30. So we fast forward it now. We fast forward it. And Moses has went up to the mountain to talk to God. Uh, he stays up there for 40 days to get the laws of God. So he can bring what thus said the Lord. The preacher, 
the preachers all the preacher has to be in direct communication with God. There are certain things that God is going to share with the preacher that he's not going to share with anybody else. It's just the way it is. That's the way it is. The other people, they could not go up there on the mountain and meet God with Moses. They couldn't do it. Even Joshua, Moses' minister, he had to stay down. He couldn't even go up there because he was not the one in charge. There's certain things the one, the person that God puts in charge, certain things God is going to tell that person, he's not going to show anybody else. But now it is up to the people to choose whether they're going to believe the God sent preacher. Now I'm talking about the God sent. I'm not talking about it's a lot of folks not God sent, but I'm talking about the God sent preacher. The God sent minister. So the people have made a golden calf. As usual, the people have forgotten all the things that God has done. Moses is up there for 40 days. Uh, the Bible said he didn't eat. He was up there fast for 40 days. <laughs> we got people can't even fast for one day today. It's certain things the preacher is going to have to go through that even the other people aren't going to have to go through. But anyway, so... Moses goes back and sees how the people have sinned and calls Aaron, his brother, the priest, to make a golden calf. So that's where we're going to pick this up. Moses now going back to meet with God on the people's behalf. Now let's look at verse 30. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure, and I, I shall make an atonement for your sin. Moses, now look at the preacher. The preacher goes to God on the people's behalf. That's the preacher. Moses, Moses recognized the people have transgressed against God. He said, look, I'm going to go talk to God, and I'm hoping God is going to forgive y'all. I'm hoping he is. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. <laughs> now, <laughs> look at the love that Moses had for these people. He tells God, If you, don't, if you won't forgive them, God, take my name out of heaven. Take my name out of the book of life. That's love right there. Man. And, and that's... Now, God's not expecting that out of the preacher. But it's just showing the love. It, it, it's, I'm, I'm trying to help us to understand the love that the preacher has. So, during the journey, the people are looking at all these things and saying, Man, Moses trying to kill us. I don't understand why he's doing that. But this man loved them. So a lot of times the preacher of God will say things and have uh, people do things. And we say, I don't understand why we got to do that. It doesn't make sense. But it's God saying it. When we line up, so many things work in our favor. I was telling them Tuesday also. Elisha. Uh, he was doing some work with a young man and they were cutting down some trees and the man's axe, the, the head of the axe, the iron part, 
the metal, it fell into the water that they were working by. I think it was a Jordan. It fell into the water. Now we know iron, it immediately sinks in water. So the man told Elisha, the prophet, the preacher, he said, man, I've dropped my axe and it didn't even belong to me. I got that from somebody else. So Elisha told him to throw a stick in the water <laughs> and by him being obedient to the true man of God, the iron, the Bible says the iron did swim. Now that's a miracle, but God, del God delivered that iron back to the man by the hands of the preacher. That's how God operates. The true preacher now. I, I want to emphasize, I'm talking about the true preacher. I'm not talking about a false prophet. I'm talking about the true preacher. The preacher, Jesus sent the twelve into the world. He said, go ye into all nations. It was the preacher he told to do that. Baptizing them. The preacher. Jesus told them, he that heareth you, heareth me. And he that heareth me, heareth him that sent me. So if you hear the true preacher, you hear God. Yep. If you hear the true preacher, you're going to hear God. That's all Moses did. He had to go back. To, he had to go talk to God. Go talk to the people. Go talk to God. Go talk to the people. That's the preacher's job. And then you remember that time where the um, people wanted to go over Moses and talk to God themselves? Mm -hmm. And then when they and most said, "All right, go talk to him." And then a great storm and thunder started happening when they wanted to go up um, on the mountain, and they was like, "Never mind, we good." That's <laughs> just what happened. Man. It, it, it there is so many things the preacher is going to have to go through that other people they would not do it. I mean, Moses was on the mountain for forty days and forty nights, had not ate. We cannot go. I hear people say it all the time. They say, man, it'll be times um, where I wouldn't eat for a good majority of the day. And people say, I don't know how you cannot eat. I, I can't go a few hours without eating. I got to eat at 12 o'clock, 12 p.m. after I eat breakfast. I got to eat again at 12 p.m. I got to eat at this time. <laughs> so many things God puts the preacher through. Look at the burden that God put on Moses. All of these people coming to him every time. It was the people that caused even Moses to not make it to the promised land. Moses, God allowed Moses to see it, but he didn't even allow him to enter in because of the people. This weight was so heavy on Moses, but now the difference was then they did not have the Holy Ghost. But now we have access to that. So we should even be further along than these people were. We shouldn't forget so fast just where God had brought us from. Because we have his spirit. He said, his spirit shall bring all things to our remembrance. That's what the spirit is going to do for us. So we shouldn't be fighting the preacher today the way they fought the preacher then. But we still do. We still do the same exact thing. So, 
I just wanted to let, let's move to uh, Ephesians. I want to move to the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and verse eleven. Mm -hmm. And he, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 And he gave some apostles And some prophets And some evangelists And some pastors and teachers Now we see the preacher there We see the preacher there We see the man of God there We see the prophet mm -hmm. For the perfecting of the saints For the work of the ministry For the edifying of the body of Christ The preacher was there To perfect the saints to perfect them to strengthen them uh, Jesus told Peter he said when you be converted strengthen the brothers perfect them now he's talking about in faith he's not talking about oh there people aren't going to ever mess up again but they're going to grow in faith they're going to grow in faith see Moses' faith was stronger than the people's faith so it was his job to continue to strengthen their faith see when god sent moses before he sent him he equipped him he allowed moses to see just how powerful he was he told moses to reach inside his i'll say it's his shirt uh, reach inside your, your shirt he pulls out his hand his hand was white as snow he allowed Moses to see certain things so he knows look you're dealing with God now so he told him to reach back in again and his hand came out normal he told Moses he said what's that in your hand it was his rod he put the rod on the ground it turned into a snake <laughs> God was showing Moses he has to take the preacher through certain things that the people could not see, but it was the preacher's job to strengthen the people and let them know, look, God's going to make a way. God's going to bring us out. He is going to deliver us. That's the preacher's job to exhort, to uplift, to provide, to perfect the saints. That's the preacher's job. So then God told him, he said, look, reach down and grab him by the tail. And now any of us, and I know me, I would have been back there even if I had seen God do other miracles. I'm still with, man, hold on, God, you want me to <laughs> say that again? <laughs> Let me make sure you said what I thought you said. <laughs> you want me to grab his tail, God? But Moses had to do it. Sister Rose commented. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Sister Rose. <laughs> so... The preacher, he has to go through certain things to uplift the saints. Verse 12, it says, for the perfecting of the saints. God told Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. He's talking about faith. Trust in God no matter what. See, the, the people, they, God knew they didn't even have the Holy Ghost. They didn't have an opportunity to have the Holy Ghost. So they never were going to get to the level that we're supposed to be able to. We're supposed to be able to trust God no matter what now. We have access to his spirit. They did not. But we still need the preacher. The scripture said, how can they hear? 
Somebody said, I can hear just fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You have to have a God-sent preacher. The Bible says if the blind lead the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. I said, well, I'm going to lead myself. You're going to fall into a ditch by yourself then. <laughs> if the blind lead the blind, they'll both fall into a ditch. But Moses, it was the preacher's job to lead them to the promised land. And that is the preacher's job today, to lead us to the promised land. Let's move to John, the 10th chapter. And verse 11. John chapter 10 and verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is in an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth, it, catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. Jesus said, he is the good shepherd. Jesus was there with the apostles to teach them how to be a shepherd. The shepherd, if you look in a natural sense, a shepherd and sheep, it was his job to lead the people, to be out front, to take on the problems, to take on everything that came the sheep's way, to comfort the sheep. When the, when the wolves came, when whatever animal came to attack the sheep, it was the shepherd's job to fight them off. That's the preacher's job. Jesus, Jesus said, look, I'm the good shepherd. He was teaching the 12 or the 11 because we, we know what happened to Judas. He was teaching them how to be a shepherd to his people. When, um, when uh, right before Jesus left, he told Peter, he asked him if he loved him. Peter said, look, Jesus, you know I love you. He said, if you love me, feed my lambs, feed my flock, take care of them. And that's what Peter did. See, Peter, before Peter was converted, before he got the Holy Ghost, he didn't, he, he didn't care about the people like he should have. He, he didn't have the capability to. Before he got the Spirit of God, he told, or they told Jesus, I can't remember who exactly it was, but the, the disciples told Jesus, said, send them people away. Let them get their own food. But now when we switch over and Peter has been converted. See, people don't, we don't want to look at the book of Acts. We don't want to look at the actions because we're going to see a change. Then we hold on to the four gospels where we see how they acted beforehand. We see how they did not live right. But when we switch over to the book of Acts, we'll see Peter had been converted and now he's taking care of the people. Now, now <laughs> they've laid their life down for the brethren. Now they have become a shepherd. Now they have become a provider for the people. Not only are they teaching them, but they're showing them how to live. They're getting out front and leading them to the promised land. It's no longer a talk game, but they're actually doing and talking. So Jesus said, look, I am the good shepherd. And I give my life. The good shepherd gives his life. That's what the preacher has to do. Moses. <laughs> Moses left his good life. He had a family. He had children. He had his father-in-law's cattle. He was doing good. No doubt they had land. 
they were doing good. But God came and disrupted Moses' life and said, I got a new mission for you. I want you to move beyond taking care of only your family. I need you to take care of the children of Israel also. I need you to look out for everybody, not just your household. I need you to look out for everybody. That's the preacher's job. Not to just look out for his his family. Not to just be looking out for the first lady. Ain't no such, <laughs> ain't no such thing. <laughs> I never found in the book anything about a first lady, but that's that's not my message. It is the preacher's job. So Jesus said, the good shepherd giveth his life. Now that's love. To give up your life to take care of the people, that's the preacher's job. That's a tall task. In the book of James, uh, he says, be not many masters, for we shall receive a greater condemnation. The preacher, he's talking about the preacher. The preacher is going to be held to a higher standard because God is asking more of them. They have to look out for the flock. They have to look out for the flock. But he that is in hireling, now this is somebody doing it for money. They're hired. They're doing it for money. They're not doing it for out of love, out of being a good shepherd, out of being what God called them for. But we 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 talking about the good shepherd. So Jesus was trying to teach them, look, y'all go out and be a good shepherd. He told Peter, feed my flock, feed my lambs. Strengthen them. Make sure you lead them to the promised land. So, like I was saying earlier, if you do not know the role that the preacher has, you really rob yourself. How can you get to the promised land without the preacher? How can you do it? The Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? Let's get that. Romans, the 10th chapter. Because a lot of times people say, I don't even need to go to church. What what I need to go to church for? The Bible said, forsake not the assembling your the assembling of yourselves. We need to go to church. Why? Because we need the preacher. We need, I mean, people say, I don't need no preacher. God sent the preacher for you. That's God's way of coming to you. The people, when they seen Moses coming, they said, man, they even said, they said, who made you a ruler over us? Who, who did that? God. God did it. God sent that exact same man that had uh, killed one of the Egyptians, that exact same man, down to deliver the children of Israel. So sometimes we'll look at the preacher and say, well, this, he didn't did this, he did. If God sent him, you better hear him. I'm talking about the God sent ones now because all of a sudden we we feel as if nobody's ever made a mistake. The preacher ain't never made a mistake, but the preacher has. But uh, Romans, the 10th chapter and verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm -hmm. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Now, <laughs> We say all we got to do is call on him. We're going to be saved. But but we're going we gonna to get to it. How are you going to call on him and who you have not believed? Uh -huh. And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How can you believe him? You ain't heard nothing about him. Mm -hmm. And how shall they hear without a preacher? You don't even listen to the preacher. How you? So how can you call on him? How can you be saved without a preacher? It's a chain effect. 
it's a chain effect. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When Paul got saved, uh, excuse me, when Paul was blinded by the light heading down to Damascus, God told him, <laughs> he said, it's going to be a man. Look, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. So a per Ananias had to tell him what thus saith God. God always used somebody. He always did it. When Cornelius, the Bible said he was a devout man. He gave alms. Pray to the Lord. He prayed to the Lord always. <laughs> God told him, send for the preacher. <laughs> you need to talk to the preacher. God didn't just tell him what he wanted him to do. He said, look, you're going to talk to the preacher. Why? Because that's the way God sets it up. You don't believe it? Go to Acts the 10th chapter. He told him, send for the preacher. Send for Peter. So how can you call on him in whom you have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You got to have the preacher. That's what God sent him for. And how shall they preach except they be sent? He got to be sent. And when he comes, we must take heed to what he said. Why? Because he's coming from God. Because God sent him to deliver us. To bring us out of poverty. The Bible talks about poverty more, excuse me, money more than anything. Poverty too. The Bible says money is the answer to all things. Money is the answer. Why? Because we need money to do things in this world. But the love of money is the root of all evil. So the preacher. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The preacher. The, <laughs> the preacher has really, the preacher has the hardest job in the world because God sent the preacher to some rebellious people. God already know the people are going to rebel against the preacher. And God still sent him. And the preacher still said, God, I'll go because I love these people. I want to help the people. I want to give my life for the people. That's the preacher job. The preacher job is to be the servant to the people. It is his job to serve the people. Not to be the higher up, the one that can't be touched, the one walking around in the mink coat. The one that had people bowing down at his feet. It is his job to be a servant. Moses was those people's servant. Everything they needed, they ran to Moses. So if we don't know what our preacher should be doing for us, we rob ourselves. We are hurting ourselves because it's his job to lead us out of captivity. Why? Because God sent him to do that. If he is a God sent preacher now. Not just because you go to a church. That don't make your preacher God sent. That don't mean that at all. So. Uh, pick us up in. Uh, verse 16. Because I kind of read those other ones. 
But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? The preacher said, who has believed what we told him? Who hath believed our report? And whom and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That's what he said in the next verse. All right, keep keep going, man. So they have faith coming by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. They had to hear the preacher, though. They had to hear the true word of God, because only the true preacher is going to give it. The true word of God. Mm-hmm. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words into the ends of the world. There's some true preachers out there, and their word is being taken into the world. The preacher. So that's um, to wrap it up. That that's what I want to talk about to discuss. Just the role that the preacher has. What he should be doing for us. Not just him talking to us. What God truly requires him to do for us. Because we need to know. We deserve to know. It is our right to know. I'm gonna let Melvin. <laughs> I don't have much to say. What he has to say. But I always say that. You don't even really have a uh, time in the day. Notice we at home. We're not in the library. Don't kick us out. I mean, don't kick us out anyway. But I mean, trying to stay relevant to the um, topic today, we gotta listen to a, a true God ordained preacher. I mean, I see it all the time. Really, big multi million dollar churches. These mega churches, really. And pastor have Bentleys, BMWs, but the people, some of them maybe, some of them homeless, like <laughs> poor. Like how how is that possible? Like one preach, like one bishop I listened to, he says the shepherd should be taking care of the sheep, not the other way around. See what we have is so opposite. Like the people in the congregation, they pay their tithes, and the pastor go and take them. And of course, the scripture we all get beat up on Malachi three and eight. How can a man rob God? Bring ye all these tithes into the storehouse. We're talking about the pastor there. Pastor, bring them to the storehouse so there can be meat in mine house. And we see in chapter two of Malachi who that verse is written to. It's written to the the pastor. So the pastor or the leader that has a um, great responsibility, but. We all have to be on the same level. That's why they said all that believed were together and had all things common. Nobody lacked. All of their needs were met. I see a lot of people get that mixed up with wants. Of course, some, we can get some of the things that we want, but all of our needs are going to be met. Jesus say, come to me all that labor and I'll give you rest. But I mean, I don't really have that much to say. Tony really hit the nail on the head. With the message tonight, so I'm I'm really done. <laughs> yeah, it was a short message from Melvin tonight, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I don't really have anything else. Um, I'm gonna just double check. I don't think anybody else has said anything that I missed. Well, if no one else has any questions, I guess we're gonna call it a night. But. I'll go ahead. I didn't have anything. I was just going to say appreciate 
everybody who came out and watched or everybody watched from the comfort of their homes or wherever you may be. Mm-hmm. And we hope to see some of you guys at our Bible study at Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Yes, sir. So thank thank you. you guys for watching. Thank you, guys.